0: everybody said God bless you now your mercies have saved my soul
1: now your freedom is all that I know the old me knew Jesus when I met you I was breathing I was breathing, but not alive.
2: And though my failures I've tried to hide, it
1: was my soul. Till I met you, you called, you called my name, and I ran. mercies.
0: Isn't the Lord good? Praise God. We have a special service this morning, Uh, a longtime friend of our uh, congregation and also of mine personally. uh, Brian Yeager and Mary are with us uh, here today. Uh, He's with Samaritan Aviation. And Brian and I go back uh, literally decades, uh, back into the 70s. I won't tell you about the first time I met him, maybe some other time. But uh, I do want to. We we went uh, uh, have have had some adventures over the years. I just want to show you a, a picture of us back in the day. <laughs> this this was like 33 years ago, uh, in in our uh, special forces day. You know, CIA that kind of. No, we were we were actually here in the Philippines in a place called Kitapawan. Uh, for a missions trip, and we, it was such a dicey area. We went to sleep at night with gunfire going off in the background. There was a lot of uh, uh, terrorism in the area, and we brought the gospel into that, uh, that uh, area and uh, had some armed soldiers with us, And oh, thankfully, and so we uh, borrowed, borrowed their uh, uh, automatic weapons for that photo op. And I've been getting mileage out of that. Brian made mention when he stood up uh, at the first service uh, that uh, you know we tell these stories over and over again, and what he means by that is the last time he was here, I showed the same picture. So I just wanted you to know I caught that. Uh, <laughs> old people, you know, we tell stories are going to. Anyway, I'm going to turn the service directly over him. It's great to have uh, Brian with us and his wife, Mary. Let's give him a big hand.
1: It's good seeing you. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I've been uh, Mary and I've been here a couple of days, and uh, we've been able to spend a lot of time with the Pools and the Wilsons. And uh, we do tell the same stories every time we meet. And uh, I don't think we remember that we told the same stories the last time, but it's always fun. Uh, that's one of the blessings of being a, uh, old. And uh, somebody told me the other day that uh, what is one of the benefits of being 103 years old? And they said, less peer pressure. (laughs) Before I get into the message, um, they uh, said, hey, spend a couple of minutes and uh, give us a Samaritan Aviation update. What I'd like to do is show you a three-minute video of a guy's testimony. Let me set the stage. He lives about, uh, well, a long journey from the river. And uh, he got horrifically burned, had to travel for uh, over 24 hours through the jungle with no trail to get to an aid post where we could pick him up and uh, uh, look closely because he's speaking in his native language and we're interpreting on the bottom. So let's go ahead and set that up. Thank you, Jason.
2: All right. I'm, place, now, I'm married at 6 Kawia. Nami marit 6 plus I'm married at 6 o'clock. Now, I'm the i 6 o'clock. I'm married at 6 Nami I'm married at I'm married at 6 o'clock. i I come out straight and I come me to the I come back All right, I start. This is the day. I to of I from center. Two nights on Black day. All right, my Parus, follow, start, help me draw So, Greece Greeks to help me. I going to visit me. Now, me. life me, can let uh, me pray, help me, nami me, me pray, no For life of I mean, me, I give no code. over the of my strength. me, I carry pain. God, Now, he coming up. me. I mean, I three blood a week. But I mean, we stop. I'm bless for me. I'm going bless for me. I'm talk for God. For man, I'm keep it. keep it. i to to keep it. I'm am God bless you me, when I saw him, somebody saw him for me, also me no can be go out, or me no can walk to master, me must walk, one by master before, and me alright now, God is healing me, and I go be getting a place, I think long life, story for me, and his father was, God bless me, we talk thank you long, someone barus. We talk thank you long, long help me me, save save life for me. Now life for me is all right.
1: We're seeing more and more now uh, our our abilities to evangelize. We've been planting seeds for for uh, since 2010. Now we've got seasoned uh, missionary families there, and we've just seen the opportunity to see people come to Christ has just been expanding exponentially, and uh, he's one of those amazing stories. What a what a miracle he survived. Had we not been able to be there, he, it would have taken him five days to get to the hospital. The infection would have set in, and uh, he, his life would have been lost. Uh, that flight from where he was only took an hour and 10 minutes, and uh, Uh, we've got just a wonderful hospital ministry that that goes forth, and and we're just seeing lots, more and more people come to Christ every day, and it's because this this is one of the flagship churches of Samaritan Aviation, and um, we're just so grateful for your support, so thank you. I want to talk to you this morning about a subject, and I want to set the stage of my subject by showing you another short video and it's something that happened uh, to me on a particular run let me set the stage is uh, several months ago I uh, I got up early for a run and it was still dark and I took off running the sun still hadn't come up but you could start seeing a little bit of light I take a turn I get to a canal I'm running along the canal and I see a little dot it's floating in the middle of the canal and I'm thinking okay that's a duck no that's not a duck what is it you know I kept getting closer and I'm thinking is it this is I'm in Mesa Arizona is this a muskrat is it is it an otter what, I, I can't figure it out when I get closer I realize it's the head of a dog and the dog is, is it' he has been swimming for a long long time and he looks like he's about to drown and i'm I'm starting to watch this dog and he'll swim to the side of the canal the canal is concrete and the walls are so uh, 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 horizontal that it, he, he tries to climb up and he can't so he pushes off and he swims to the other side tries to climb up he, he can't do it so he pushes off and I, I'm thinking I'm gonna see a dog drown today and so I'm thinking okay I if I have to I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna rescue this dog but I thought I'm gonna take a chance and call 91 9-1, 911. I don't know if they if that's how you call in a dog rescue so I, I called 911 and, uh, you know, the lady answers with this professional monotone voice, and it's like, 911, state your emergency. And I said, I don't know if you want to handle this situation, but I'm watching a dog drown in the canal. And it's like, you bet we save dogs. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's like, she's been waiting for something like this all day. You know, <laughs> we're, we're going to do this. So she said, stay on the line. Like 30 seconds later, she says, I got an officer, and he'll be there ETA two minutes. Just stay right where you are, stay on the line. And sure enough, two minutes, I see this police car barreling down the road, <laughs> SUV, pulls up. What's going on? And I, you know, I explain to him the dog's going back and forth. He's intimidated by me, and so he pushes off. So I can't, I can't you know, entice him to stay where he's at. And so he says, I'll go down on the other side. So he tears off down the canal. About a half mile down, he catches a brig- bridge, crosses over, he comes back on the other side, and now he's working that side. So, this is where the video uh, picks up. Stay there. So he pushes off again. Like oh, cool. This is Officer Goodrich. Now he comes my way. He goes back to the uh, the officer in just a moment, and then you see he pushes away again. He changes his mind. He just keeps going back and forth, crisscross. I think he finally figures out we're trying to help him. Here we go. Now watch, he changes his mind. He finally realizes there we, we can help him. that great before the day was over it was on abc news tonight it was on cbs news <laughs> tonight seriously it was on all the major networks saving the dog is that cool thing <laughs> so the reason why i bring that up is to talk to you about finishing well i, I want to tell you how that all ties in is uh, shortly after i called a few people and said hey guess what happened today and I, the one of the young men that I uh, I called was a, a young man that I probably talked to him every week for over twenty years, and uh, uh, his name's Calvin. And I I told him the story, but how I told him the story is the morning that I got up to go run, I, I left the house. I'm, I'm getting everything situated. and I always like listen to music, and I, I right before I put my headphones on, I I just paid this prayer, or prayed this prayer, and I just said. Lord, I want to make a difference today. That's all I said. Put the headphones on. ZZ top. Only way to run. There you go. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Uh, So I take off, and little did I know the difference I was going to make. Well, of course, you know, the difference was that dog got to live. But its master is a Vietnam vet, suffers from severe PTSD, He's got major uh, leg complications and he couldn't walk. He saw his dog actually chase a duck, not realizing in the dark that there was a canal. Had jumped into it. He didn't know where the dog was. Couldn't get him out. Went home, told his wife that we've lost Sparky. And Sparky was like his his rescue dog, so to speak. And so Sparky got rescued, and they got reunited later in the afternoon. So that's that's how we got to make a difference. So when I told Calvin that, Calvin said, said, man, you ought to get like a Facebook page, and you ought to start doing like pitching everybody. He so said, make a difference, and, and, and post your comments, and what happened for your day, and you know, and I, I thought it was a great thought, and I put some thought into it, and Mary has never heard this side of the story, but I started thinking about what could I do to try to create a challenge for somebody through the whole year of making a difference every day, every week. So I put some thought into it. I came up with this seven-letter word that was, okay, this is for each day of the week, and each letter means something, and this is the goal. And then you got a little journal. I had this whole ledger thing, and I, I actually started it myself because I wanted to beta test and see if it was really effective, and about six, seven days later, I gave up. Right. And what I was doing, though, I was overthinking this simple concept of what would it be like if even to an nth of a degree that we just became a little bit more intentional each day, trying to do something good. What if we would just apply ourselves in maybe a few more seconds in a conversation? What would we do if we, you know, what would happen, the impact if we would extend that prayer instead of praying for God bless Melvin to say, God, Melvin is going through some financial struggles. Could you help him find a job? Right. Just a few more seconds. What if today, after church, some of the elderly people in this congregation, instead of just nodding and smiling, that you would go up to him and say, tell me about the, your week. I mean, just seriously, just go up to Alex afterwards, the older part, right. of, and just <laughs> at, you know, extend right. the conversation. Let him know that you care. But seriously, and if we could do that, you know, Jesus says go the extra mile. And uh, what about even go just a, a, a few extra minutes or a few extra seconds? Yeah. Go to the elderly down the street, knock on the door, just say, hey, I haven't talked for a while. I just want you to know we think about you. How you doing? If we could elevate our game to the, just an yeah. nth of a degree, what would happen? What if we did it collectively as a congregation? Just every one of us just became a little bit more intentional what could happen? Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I know I go into each year sometimes without an intentional plan, and I've noticed that there's years in my life I can look back and say, I don't know if I made a significant difference, but I started, you know, th- this, this whole process of, of making a difference just started having me give an introspective look and ask the questions, and I'm going to ask you to ask yourself three questions. The first question is, am I making a difference? I had a, if you would ask me this question of what was the most teachable moment in your life out of the 12 years of public school, I would, without hesitation, unequivocally tell you it happened in the second grade with a substitute teacher. And it was this amazing teaching moment where I, just, I was just enamored by her thoughts. She stopped wh- whatever she was talking about and she grabbed a yardstick and she went up to a clock that looks just like this, close to this. How many remember these in classrooms? Yeah, how many remember when it was really quiet, the loud tick-tock of that second? and how it just damaged you because the day just went forever. Tick, tock, tick, tock. When is this bell going to ring? Okay, so anyway, she went up, and this, the clock was right above the chalkboard, and she went up with the yardstick, and she said, see that, see that second hand? And she touched the, the, the glass on there. She said, see that second? You're never getting it back. She said, see this one? Gone. This one, no more. This one, you're not getting it back. I was traumatized. (laughs) I mean, I'm thinking, I'm feeling like there's a time thief. There's somebody ripping me off right now. And I remember walking home and just thinking, I've lost this second, and this second, and this second. And and my parents just say, Hey, Brian, there's quite a few more seconds you've got in life. You know, just you know, calm down, take a chill pill. But, you know, it was a teaching moment, and it made me think about how we invest our life. And so what if we applied a few more seconds of intentionality? Now, Paul is, is challenging and mentoring Timothy in a sense in the same way. And let's get to a text that I want, I want to read to you. It's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. Paul's talking to Timothy, and he said, Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I've remained faithful, and now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. He's saying, Timothy, you're young. Start thinking now how you're going to run this race, how you're going to make a difference in life. I think a lot of us, we impair ourselves because of this one little thing. I'm going to call it routine. I don't know who wrote this. I didn't write it, but I want to read it to you. And I think it might strike close to home. You get up in the same old time. You shut off the same old alarm clock. You walk into the same old bathroom. You look at the same old face and the same old mirror get in the same old shower, drive off with the same old towel and put on the same old clothes. Then you walk down to the same old kitchen, get out of the same old bowl and Pour in the same old cereal, eat it with the same old spoon. Drink the same old coffee, read the same old paper, kiss the same old spouse. After you get in the same old car, drive the same old way to the same old job, sit at the same old desk, laugh at the same old jokes, at the same old boss tells the same old way. Then you clock out the same old time, get back in the same old car, drive to the same old street, pull into the same old garage, hug the same old kids, walk back to the same old kitchen, sit down and eat the same old dinner, and finally you walk into the same old family room, sit in the same old recliner watch the same old show, fall asleep in the same old chair, get up and go to the same old bed, ask the same old spouse the same old question, get the same old answer, then roll over and set the same old (laughs) alarm clock, get up the next morning and do the same thing all over again. Now, there's part of me that really likes that guy right there because I like routine. I am addicted to routine. I am on routine crack just hit me up and let me just relish in my routine, leave me alone. But then there's part of me that knows that I will make it. never make a difference in anybody's life if I stay in my lane. That I have got to take on the challenge and jump the curb, go off-roading, and do some things that stretches me and makes me uncomfortable in the in the order that i can make a difference in somebody's life i can't do it standing in my lane when i was in my late teens i lived in gallup new mexico my dad mom and dad had a, an industrial company involved having some trucks and a lot of pickups and every once in a while he would get a new pickup and then i get to drive it on the weekends and so he had just bought a long wheel bed uh wheelbase four-wheel drive and it was just a beautiful truck And I had it for the weekend to drive around. And then Gallup, back then, cruising. Everybody had CB radios, and and that was the end thing. And part of our cruising route was through the city park. And the city park, in the middle of town, uh, on a summer night, could be filled with hundreds and hundreds of people. You know, there's a swimming pool, tennis courts, baseball diamonds, a picnic area, uh, playground equipment. I mean, it just has everything for everybody. And so this particular night, there are a lot of people there and I'm in this new four-wheel drive, and, and I'm feeling good, and, and I'm kind of a rowdy kid. And, and right at the gate of the park, oftentimes there's a patrol car with a police officer just to maintain, just make sure everything's staying hunky-dory. And, and right beside the police car is this beautiful, challenging Adobe Hill. I'm in a brand-new four-wheel drive, and I'm thinking to myself, let's shake things up a little bit and I'm going to four-wheel up this hill and something in my gut tells me that this is probably illegal, but wouldn't it be fun? And so I pulled up right next to the officer and he looks up at me and I look down at him and he gets back to whatever he's doing and I hop the curb. And I've got the, the wheels locked and it's in four-wheel low and I start climbing this hill and every foot, I could start hearing people in the park start yelling and clapping and cheering to where it finally, in unison, they're saying, goo, 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 goo. And the best thing is right beside a police officer. And I'm knowing if I can get to top of the hill that he can't four-wheel drive a police car. And I am home free, going down the other side. And I'm about three-quarters of the way up. Dust is flying, and I'm feeling good. And then the back end of my truck just starts bouncing good indication that I am toast. I give it everything I've got and then I remember the humiliation of having to put my hand on the bench seat and look over and back down while the police officer is just casually getting out of his car with his clipboard. (laughs) 45 minutes later, I leave with three tickets and, uh, you know, just, but I got out of my comfort lane I hopped a curb, and I made a difference. I entertained people for about two minutes. (laughs) And it cost me something. (laughs) Ask yourself if you're making a difference. (laughs) But make it count. I mean... The second question is, what legacy am I leaving? What legacy am I leaving? There's a tombstone in Kansas that has the epitaph that just simply says, I told you I was sick. (laughs) (laughs) On almost every tombstone is a year when somebody is born and the year they died. What is most important, though, is not the year they're born or the year that they've died. It's that dash that you see in the middle. That dash is the legacy. I have a dash and you have a dash. And if you're living and breathing right now, which we are, we're all leaving and living a legacy. It's a good legacy. It's a bad legacy. It's a mediocre legacy. But we are leaving a legacy. I think Paul is mentoring Timothy again and challenging him with that text that we just read. And I think that is a good grid that we can look at that scripture and kind of ask ourselves this same question. Paul says, I fought a good fight. Ask ourselves, are we taking our faith seriously? He says, I am finishing the race. Are we finishing with integrity? He said, I have kept the faith. What's the story of my dash? What's the story of the legacy that I'm leaving? So that's the second question to ask ourselves to finish well, am I leaving a legacy? Then I have a third question, and it's in regard to calling. What is my calling? What is my destiny? Forrest Gump, the movie Forrest Gump, he has a friend by the name of Lieutenant Daniel. And Lieutenant Daniel asks this poignant question, and he says, Forrest, he says, Do we have a destiny? Or are we just floating around kind of accidental-like, like feather in a breeze, just kind of like life is whatever? As you and I believe, as, as believers, we believe that there's a purpose, that we have a purpose. We believe that we as an individual have a destiny, and, and if we don't, if we didn't believe that, then life really is whatever, but that's not what we believe. And scripture really reinforces the fact that you as an individual has a purpose and a destiny. Look at these, uh, I'm going to give you three scriptures here, starting with Jeremiah, verse 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And then Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us, a long time ago. And then Philippians 1.6. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you. Will continue his work until it's finally finished. On that day of Jesus Christ. So scripture just reinforces this truth. That you and I have a plan. There's a destiny. There's, there's a purpose that God has for us. He wants to, us to always stay away from that whatever mindset. To wherever. Whenever. God tell me. I know that you have a plan for my life. There's several ways to define calling. Uh, Seminaries will talk specifically about a ministerial calling. And and, and, and maybe in some of your minds, this, this word calling could even seem like a tired old theological term. There is a calling to ministry. But there's common callings. Some of you are living it out right now. God has called you to be a father, a husband, a wife, a mother, There's vocational callings that God has called you to be a plumber, a doctor, a police officer. There's there's seasonal callings where this time in your life, this is what you need to be doing. So there's there's a variety of callings. Think about this. There's 7.4 billion and counting people on the planet. And God has a purpose for every single person on this planet. There's not one guy in Indiana that God looks down at and says, "I, Sorry, (laughs) I didn't know you existed. (laughs) Not one. Not one. And if you've ever felt like, oh, I don't have a purpose, that's a lie. Because you do. And it's amazing that God has that capacity to have a calling in each person on earth. I know this is the broadest definition of calling, but everybody has this purpose, destiny, and calling. And, And so many different resources will tell you, and the number varies, that everybody has like, three to five core talents in their life and they are good at three or five different things and, and that they can do something really, really special. But you know what? How many people go to their grave never discovering or investing in that talent or talents? Probably a large percent. Talent that's not honed grows stagnant. The question is, is what are you doing with those talents and that purpose that God has called you to invest in? I heard someone, and this is a very cynical statement, but I think there's some truth to it, that says some people spend more time planning out their summer vacation than they do their whole life. (laughs) there's, There's probably some truth to that. Now, I believe it's up to us to discover how and why God has made us what is our calling what is our purpose what is our talents and the more I live on this planet the more I realize how weird God made me I'm a strange dude now I know the politically correct way would say I'm unique my mom said I was special but every one of us is made in a unique way. We are completely different than that other person sitting next to you. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and those, those things that make you unique could be these talents that really can point to the direction that God is wanting you to go in. Now, I don't want to be discouraging to you when I say this, but for some people, it takes decades Literally decades to discover what God's calling and purpose is in your life. And it's not because you've been lazy in trying to find out. It's not because that you haven't looked. That could be the case. But for a lot of people, that is not the case. And scripture backs me up because Abraham and Sarah never saw the potential of their calling and God's plan until they were older. Moses never stepped into the fullness of what God wanted him to do until he was 80. Simeon and Anna were praying in the temple forever before they saw the Son of God incarnate. There's a Hebrew word for man in the Old Testament called Zaken, And it means elder warrior. And the value of this guy, it wasn't when he was young fighting among the thousands in the battlefield. But the value of this guy is now that he survived and has all this experience. He sits around the campfire with younger warriors talking to them about how to thrive and survive in the battle and this calling that you have admit it you have a calling it's not just for ourselves it's for our relationships it's for our family it's for our friends it's for our community it's for the body of Christ and know this is that sometimes when we begin to get close to this understanding of this calling, we begin to realize that that what God is wanting us to do, and we've got to take a step of faith to step into this calling, we become fearful, don't we? And he's wanting us to surrender. I hate that word. He's wanting us to surrender to his calling, and this is when life can get messy, and how many people can be just one degree away from this, this, this special calling that God has for them? And they walk along beside this calling for years of their life right. because they're afraid to take that step and to get into that lane. Right. And if they ever do, they look back to the 10 years they never took that step and they thought, I was so afraid, I wish I would have done it 10 years ago because it's more than what I imagined. What are, what are these fears that we face to? Neglect stepping into this calling or purpose. Gary Smalley, years ago, in one of his books, summed it up into one word called Frump. Not Trump, Frump. Frump stands for this. We have a fear of the future. We don't take that step because what if we fail? Then R is reputation. If I do this, what are they going to think of me? You understanding. That this is your calling. Embrace it. We're afraid to embrace it. M, money. Where will it come from if I take this step of faith? P, possessions. Fear of losing that level of quality of life that we felt like that we needed in order to have peace and happiness. These are some of the, the fears that people face. But know this. Is that God has given all of us A purpose. An incredible amount of potential. The capacity of becoming and having abilities, gifts, talents that we may not yet have discovered or realized yet. Right. What's your potential? Everything yet to be seen, harvested, mined and, and known in your life. We see a little child that's, that's got a stick in the mud and it's doing a little artwork. That child could be the next Picasso. Or a kid just playing kickball could become the next greatest soccer player. First John 3.2 says this, It does not yet appear what we shall be. It hasn't happened yet. 2 Timothy 1.6, Paul mentoring Timothy again says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Amen. I want to close with Another writing from Paul, and he says some interesting words in Philippians 3, 12 through 14. He says, I don't mean to say, he said, I'm not trying to brag that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I keep working towards the day when I finally be all that Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. No, dear friends, I'm still not all I should be, but I'm focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past, Looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up to heaven. Breathed inside of every one of us by the Father is a calling, is a purpose. And in this journey of discovery, we will have ups and downs. We will have setbacks. Proverbs 24, 16 says, for a just man falls seven times and he rises up again. And he rises up again. I saw a commercial, Mary and I did, during the Super Bowl that really moved both of us. We have a grandson that's a little over four years old. His name's Cash. Show me the money, Cash. (laughs) K-A-S-H. He was born with what they call ABS, amniotic band syndrome, and uh, this, this has damaged both of his hands, his left foot, uh, physical damage. He was born without a right leg below the knee. He's had several surgeries, and, uh, but yet he goes 150 miles an hour and is the happiest kid. Right. This ad that was shown in the Super Bowl is of a small young lady that had the same birth history. Uh, she's missing both legs and one arm. And uh, it starts out showing her from close after birth to an accomplishment she just experienced. And sometimes we, we feel like, we, we've, okay, the righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again. Sometimes we feel weary. Think about people that are born with impediments and challenges that even you and I don't have to face. And some of the things they can accomplish is amazing, which encourages us to don't be discouraged so watch this and then watch at the very bottom the odds of her accomplishing this goal
0: I've been chasing a
2: road to glory driven since I was a child
0: you tell your life is a game but it ain't a game to me the light Calling my name, yeah, I got the energy to put it
1: free to move. Anything is possible. This is all I wanted to say is buy a Toyota. But isn't that great? What a story. Let's stand to our feet. If you feel a calling or a purpose and you feel like you're one degree away from surrender, don't live your life like that. Take the step. See what God wants to do in your life. Ask yourself right now, am I making a difference? What is my legacy? What am I leaving? And what is my calling? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to to assemble as as a family, as a body of Christ. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you reinforce the fact that we're not a feather on the breeze, that you have a plan for us. You have a purpose for us. Thank you for even those of us that are on the uh, the other side of, of life and are, are uh, growing gray hairs and growing older that we might even not have seen the fullness of what you have intended for us. Lord, help us to be more intentional just a little bit every day to make a difference in somebody else's life. Help us to reconsider the dash that we're living, that we could we could step out and... Change some, some, some of the the direction of the legacy that we're living. And Lord, if we don't know what our calling is, we don't know what our purpose is. Would you please show us, guide us, and direct us? We love you, Lord. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Let's give me a clap offering. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> You're the prayer people. Yes. Can you run this way as fast as you? No, just as. as We're going to be dismissed. These people would love to pray with you.